Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There's a day coming when the Prince of Peace comes back that we'll finally have peace. But now today, in the midst of conflict in my life, I can have shalom. How does it work? Here's how. Life with God in charge, he's the boss, is a life of peace. Here's the option. Life with us in charge is a life of conflict, fighting, and no peace. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that James chapter 4 is all about peace and conflict. He explains these are two components in the life of a believer they struggle with on a regular basis. Where the problem lies is with Christians trying to do life on their own without the one who can help them. We learn that God designed our lives to be lived with peace, even when we have conflict. But we have to live by His rules to achieve such a thing. Listen in to learn what adjustments to make in your life to finally experience true peace despite what's going on in the world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 1, with part 1 of his message entitled, The Dangers of a Selfie Lifestyle. the book of James chapter 4. Now, what I'm going to teach you this morning will look, as I go through it, pretty difficult. But anything God calls us to do, He enables us to do. So don't be discouraged. We're all kind of a work in progress. Are you a work in progress this morning? Yeah, you are. All of us. So relax. It's going to be good. I'm going to start this morning's teaching with a couple options for you. Which option would you rather have? Option one, a piece of dry toast eaten in peace in the home. Number two, a six-course feast eaten in conflict. Now, here comes the real deal. How many choose option one? Let me see your hands. Come on. Okay. Okay, put those down good. All of our campuses. How many choose option two? You have to be honest. There's one. There's two, there's three. Well, it's going to be a big altar call at the end of the service. This is fantastic. No, these are eaters. These, these are people, don't condemn them, but I will. These are, these are people that don't care about anybody else. They just care about their stomach. No, I'm just kidding with you. I know some of you are saying right now, Pastor Mark, where do you come up with these stupid ideas? I didn't come up with this. The smartest man in the Bible, Solomon, came up with this. Look what the scripture says. Here it is. Proverbs 17.1. Better a dry crust, hello, 
eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. James chapter 4 is all about peace and conflict. It's all about Christians trying to do life either with God or some of you fallen kind of way and trying to do life without God. Now, when we mention peace, it's a very interesting word, and you don't need to copy this first screen, but I want it to be kind of as a, a foundation for the teaching this weekend. Here we go. Peace. Shalom. Jewish. Completeness. Rest. Safety. Tranquility. Wholeness. Here's the big one. Total well-being. Now, God designed our life to be lived with peace. After all, he is the Prince of Peace. Peace that God gives is not like the world gives. We're looking at Hamas and Israel. We're looking at Ukraine and Russia. And we're looking at the Middle East and a million things. Uh, praise the Lord. Eventually, there'll be peace in those areas. How long do you think it'll last? It ain't going to last. There's a day coming when the Prince of Peace comes back that we'll finally have peace. But now today, in the midst of conflict in my life, I can have shalom. How does it work? Here's how. Life with God in charge, he's the boss, is a life of peace. Here's the option. Life with us in charge is a life of conflict, fighting, and no peace. That's what James is going to talk to us about. Now, we've turned James chapter 4. Look at verse 1. I'm just going to read all of our campuses. I'm just going to read right now just the first sentence. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, let's just stop there. Look at me for a moment. James is writing to churches. So he's saying to churches, What's, what are you quarreling about? What are you fighting about? But it's not just the churches. It extends to our homes, to ourselves, to our place of work, to our relationships of people. So his opening question is, what's causing you to fight among other people? Now, most of us would answer with this. Well, the reason there's conflict it's not about me. It's the other people are selfish and they want their way. If you're married, you've used that many times. Now, I, I want you to just take your finger. Everybody take your finger right now. James says, who's at fault? I just want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you're the, you're the problem. You're at fault. Go ahead. You're the problem. All right, husbands, bring your finger down. Don't keep it there too long or there will be conflict. So, so that, that's our natural response. I've done counseling for many, many years, and when you get a couple together, it's this. So that's a natural response, but that is not the answer. James says, oh, no, 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 no. Let's read what the real answer is. Look at the rest of the verse. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from, circle this word, your desires that battle within, circle the word, you. So James says the source of conflict and fighting is within us, 
not someone else. Now, apologetically, you have to turn to your neighbor and say to them, no, the problem is me. Go right ahead. Come on, come on. The problem is me. Thanks for being here this weekend. Have a nice time. (laughs) To be honest, if we could get that, there'd be a lot more peace in all of our lives. It's not about them. It's not about the devil. It's about me. Now, I'm going to give you a verse that we studied a few weeks ago. Look at it, James 3.16. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. First thing to write down this morning, all of our campuses, Vieira, Sebastian here in Melbourne, you guys online. The root of most problems is selfishness. The root, the cause of most problems is selfishness. Now, how many know what a self is? Come on. Over 40, get with it. (laughs) Pride and selfishness go together. Here's something I want you to write this morning. Here's what we've discovered that's happened in our world. It's not about groups anymore. It's not about us anymore. It's about me. Here it is. Selfish or self-e, which I'll use all weekend. Self-centered, self-serving, self-important. Again, James is talking to the church. There's fighting in the church. Thank God for 22 years, God has protected our campuses. We don't fight in the church. No, we're not perfect, but we don't don't have church splits. We've never had church split. Thank you, Jesus. That's God. Now, it's about our home, our work, our marriage, other relationships. I want to give you this morning five, just five, of five dangers of selfishness and pride. Next week, I'm going to give you all the solutions to those. I'll give you one solution this morning. So here's the first one. Write it down all of our campuses this morning. Selfie danger number one. Personal inner conflict. Personal inner conflict. Now as you're writing that down, let me make a statement for you. If I don't myself have shalom... If I'm not at peace myself, my relationships will not be filled with peace. Do you understand what I just said? If I I don't have peace, then my relationships are going to be filled with all kinds of struggle and fighting and jealousy and conflict. See, it starts with me because the problem is always initially me. Now, if I don't have peace, that means there's something wrong with my relationship with God. When you become a Christian, you have peace with God because your sins are wiped away. And then he gives us the peace of God to go through conflict. So the first selfie is simply about inner conflict. James teaches us that. Look at verse 2. First word is you. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill, you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You. It's a picture of internal conflict. Conflict comes from selfies who focus on what they 
want. Not interested in other people, but they want. Covetousness. Notice he says we covet. It's a Ten Commandment. Do not covet. Covetousness leads us to conflict, and anger leads us to bitter hatred, jealousy, and verbal abuse. We don't have inner peace because we're always about us. It's the selfie deal. And without that, our other relationships will have no peace. So these wrongful desires don't come from others. They come from within. That's our sinful nature that we're still left with. Now keep your finger right there in James and go forward to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Let me give you a picture of what that looks like. When we got saved, God saved our spirit, made it brand new, born again, but we're left with our body and we're left with our old sin nature. Now, we can overcome that, and I'm going to share with you next week how we overcome the selfishness that's always a part of us. Selfish and sin just go together. They're just bound together. Now, Galatians 5, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, even though we're Christians this morning, we have that battle in us. The results of this sinful nature are very clear. Now, as you begin to read these first five or six or seven, we're going to go like, well, I don't have any problem with that. Just hold on. It gets to us. Sexual immorality. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. You know, we don't, we don't struggle with that, but here we go. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. There it is. But he continues. Envy, drunkenness, wild party, other sins like these. Now, You say, Pastor Mark, is this selfie thing really a big deal? Oh, it's a big deal. Because look at the last sentence. If that becomes my lifestyle, see, if I'm truly a selfie, then God isn't leading my life. Satan's leading my life. I'll have no peace, and look at the danger. All of these things here, sexual immorality, affairs, homosexuality, lesbianism, all the adultery, all those kind of sexual sins there, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, all those things. Look at the result of a lifestyle of this. Look at verse 21. Let me tell you again, Paul's already talked to us about this before, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty powerful. In other words, I can't go to heaven with that kind of a lifestyle. God didn't save us to be selfies. God didn't save us to keep our old sinful nature in ruling us. No way. Now, when you think about that, we think that if I get, James says, if I get what I want, then I'm going to be satisfied. You were never made to be satisfied without God. Nothing you can do Nothing you can have, no amount of relationships with people will bring you satisfaction. Only God can bring satisfaction. Now, an unsatisfied life ends up with no peace. Solomon tells us in his whole book of Ecclesiastes, he's trying to find, how many remember the song? I can't get no satisfaction. That was a sexual deal, but it's true. Without God, there is no satisfaction. You can try anything you want. Selfie, for sure, is no satisfaction. There's no peace with it. Now, so, selfie danger number two. Write it down this morning, will you? Number two, conflict with other people. It starts with me, 
but when there is conflict in me, I have no peace with God, God isn't ruling my life, then it, it spills over into all these other relationships. Marriage, children, work, of course the church, and all kinds of other things. Now let me just say this to you this morning. It's very important you understand this. Conflict is unavoidable in life. There's nowhere you can go and go, out of that conflict. You say, well, if I'm not around the people. No, you're conflict with yourself. So it's unavoidable. Conflict isn't necessarily sinful. It isn't necessarily destructive. But it can be depending on what we do with the conflict. So you can't run from a place and have no conflict. When Jesus was raising his disciples for their three years, was there any conflict with Jesus and his disciples? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I want to sit here and I want to sit here. And I want to do... Well, sure. How do we handle it? That's what we're going to learn this week and next week. You can't run away from conflict. It's simply there because we're sinful people. That's just the way it is. Now, those of us that have been married or are still married, you understand selfie. What's a picture of selfishness and selfie in our marriages? It's called the TV remote. That's why many of you have two TVs in your home. I ain't sitting there watching that stupid sports thing. I'm going to the bedroom with my own selfie. And I'm going to watch that love movie. Don't laugh at me. It's exactly what happens. We have two TVs in our home. Pastor Mark, really? Yeah, I'm just like you. See, when you got married, we thought everything was going to be perfect. <gasps> what is marriage? It's a marriage of two selfish people. Can I hear an amen? Come on, come on. That's exactly right. So in our marriages, we have the same kind of thing. In marriage, we want who? Our way. We want to be in control. And when our spouse will not do what we want that spouse to do, here comes quarrels, here comes fights, here comes sleeping. I'm going to get pretty personal. Sleeping in the other room. Here comes people that are adults that give their spouse for days the silent treatment. If the shoe fits this morning, take it out of your mouth and put it on. We've all been there. Now, if you're sleeping in the other room because of medical condition, that's fine. But if you're sleeping in the other room because of this, what happens in our marriages when we fight, we focus on what we want and we forget the well-being of our marriage. By the way, when that happens, it spills over to our kids, our grandkids, into all our relationships. When God designed you and I in marriage, he superglued us together. The two become one. There's no selfies allowed in marriage. We become one. And we are together. Marriage is a threesome. We're allowing God to control us. When that isn't happening, disaster's happening. In our world, there's one place outside the church that God designed for peace. When I'm finished with a work and you're finished with work and all the stuff that we put up with, and, and you go home, you drive in, and you open the door and you walk into the house, that place of all places should be a place of shalom. 
But for many of us, it's worse in there than it is in the world. God help us. Because our kids see that, and now what we see, marriage, no way I'm getting married. If the shoe fits, you can change. Now, the Bible gives us a very simple explanation of what it should look like. Here it is. We find it in the book of Amos. Do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? It's a question, but the answer is already there. It's impossible. You can't have two selfies walking together. They're going to do their own deal. No, we weren't created to do our own deal. We were created to do God's deal. So let me ask you a question as you look at this last statement. Submitting to God and one another destroys selfishness. Not only in our marriage, in our churches, in our relationships. Maybe you have a teenage son and you're struggling with that. Teenager, come on, come on back home. Get peace in the home. If there's any place there should be peace, it should be in the home. We need shalom. That destroys selfishness and that brings peace. And the reason we don't have it is because we're not submitted to God. Now, there's one more relationship and it's, it's kind of outside. It shows that if I have this selfish nature, this selfish nature, pretty soon I become critical and as a person I become judgmental. Now, let's scoot down to verse 11. Verse 11. And when you get to verse 11, you will see this, well, this picture of what really happens. Verse 11. Back to our part in James. James 4, 11. Brothers, he's talking to the church, brothers, sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him or her speaks against the law, God's law, and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Let me explain it to you. Write this down this morning. Easy to explain. Uh, selfie number three, danger. Self-righteous judging of other believers, basically other people. Self-righteous. You see, what James is saying is this. When people become to be selfish and prideful, they become self-righteous. They're the know-it-all. They're quick to criticize other people. In fact, these people eventually have no inner peace. They're always unhappy because in their life, nothing is really right. Something or someone is always wrong. And so pretty soon, because of this, what we discover if you're a person that's a selfie, you just take care of yourself and really don't care for any other people. You become very critical of other people because you're the role model. That word speaks in verse 11 that you see there speaks, it means this, listen, to speak down to a person. If you're not at peace internally, your external relationships will be full of conflict. When people come to be selfish and prideful, they adopt a holier-than-thou attitude towards others, which usually isn't received very well. The problem starts with you, and at the heart of the matter is your relationship with God. Remember what Pastor Mark just taught. If you've embraced a selfie lifestyle, that's an indication that Satan's ruling your life, not God. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark examines the dangerous effects of the selfie lifestyle. Selfishness is not only immature, it's destructive to everyone involved. James 3.16 says, Wherever jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil thing. Be sure to tune in next time and learn how submitting to one another and God stops evil in its tracks by destroying selfishness and promoting peace. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in